wonderful verse that has a lot of uh, knowledge wisdom in it. God said in Romans 8, verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, uh, when we look at Romans 8, 28, we see three things here, really. We see superficial, we see stubborn, and we see stunted. The verse that we're looking at tonight is one of the essential verses of the Bible. Essential verse or verses are verses that as a Christian you commit to your memory and keep near to your heart. What is what I've just said here. There are certain verses that every child of God needs to memorize. Nobody will ever probably call on you and say, we quote Romans 8, 28. But Romans 8, 28 is comparable to John 5, 24, John 3, 16. Those counted verses that you've got to really get excited about, you know, you commit to your memory and keep them near to your heart. You know, I, that is one verse that, you know, we should know. Anytime anybody said, you know, and you quote Romans 8.28, you ought to be able to do that. So like John 3.16, you know. And like John 3.16, most people haven't studied that verse. They just memorized it. But memorizing it is a start. You know, John 3.16 is an essential salvation verse. You know, when we look at John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. When we look at that verse, I'm just giving you some verses to show you how we're going to do this. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, it's not talking about the world we look at here. It's talking about his world, the world that will be in glory one day. 1 John 1.9 is an essential forgiveness verse. Let's look at 1 John 1.9. We we all know John 3, 16, so we don't have to look at that. We know what that verse is. But here in 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I had a conversation with a person. I said, you know, do you, you ever practice? Put First John 1, 9 in, and he gave me an answer. It was a true answer, but it wasn't the answer that we were asking for or in the conversation. It said, if we confess our sins, who do you confess them to? You confess them to God. We're not Catholic. We don't go to the priest. He's just a man like everybody else is. But he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to just to forgive us of our sins. Now, could you say, if we don't confess our sins, does he forgive us? Then if you say yes, 
then that takes you back to election. And since because you're one of God's elect, that doesn't mean you're sure of heaven unless what? Unless you've heard the word. What I'm doing in this study, and probably should have done it a long time ago, we got to know who, what, when, where, and why we're studying that verse. So when we look at here in John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, I ain't going to confess your sins, you know. It's easy for me to see the sin in somebody else. But do I see the sin in myself? That's what John is saying here. If we confess our sins. See, and really, I believe if most of us would look at our life and understand what sin is, but we category sin, you know. I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't smoke, I don't commit adultery, you know. We take the gross sins and we say, I don't do that, so how can no need of confessing? You mean you go 24 hours if you're awake and never have a bad thought? Well, if you are, you're farther along spiritually than I am because we have no control when things come in our mind. And it's even worse. I know how it was when I worked on the line and what Steve tells me the where he works, mine was cake and pie because our managers wouldn't allow certain words. They wouldn't allow that stuff. But evidently where Steve works, they don't care. The management probably participates in it. So it's a hard for you to work under those conditions and not think of something evil or question, what is salvation if I've got to tolerate this? But yet, the verse says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. How many of us confess our sins? You don't have to confess them to me. You don't have to confess them. But I don't believe you can pray as effectively without confessing your sins before you start praying. I can't pray for somebody else if I haven't asked for forgiveness for my sins. That's what God is saying here. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And today, isn't it hard to to determine what's right and what's wrong? I mean, some of the things we accept now, a few years ago, was sin. But, you know, Nobody really thinks too much about it when a man's unfaithful to his wife, a wife unfaithful to, his, uh, to her husband. If you've got a child that's 13, 14 years old and, you know, they're pregnant, well, I mean, look at the teenagers, preacher, all of them pregnant. But that don't make it good for my daughter or your daughter or your people. So... It is an essential forgiveness verse. 
Steve can't pray for me if he's got sin in his life without confessing it first. Oh, he can go through the motion. He can even feel good about it. But salvation is more than what I feel good about. It's what I am in Christ. So God makes it clear. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins. So let's look at it with three thoughts this afternoon. Romans 8.28 is a Christian verse. We know how we know. How does it begin? And we know. Lost person, you may think that a lost a lost person doesn't I didn't know a lot of things I'd done when I was lost that it was really that bad because everybody else was doing it. But God said here in Romans eight twenty eight, he said, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. So it's a Christian verse. And if something bad happens, if I'm a Christian, God allowed it to bring me closer to him. You know, we got to go through something sometimes to really know just how bad it is. Uh, you know, Judy or Sue may have remembered one day when I was asleep or something, but I had never heard of a divorce until my oldest brother got divorced. I didn't know what divorce was. It never was in our family. I never heard my dad say, you don't straighten up, Troy, I'm going to leave you. It wasn't in our house. And I wasn't brought up in a Christian home. So the we of this verse is Christian. Romans 8, 28. When we, when we read this verse, it said, uh, you know, and we know. Who? who knows? The Christian knows. The lost person does not know that all things work together for his good. The lost person said, why me? The Christian, when he's in the will of God, said, why not me? Look what Christ did. He suffered six hours for me. We know that all, all, all things the all is a key word in this verse. The all things, good things, bad things. God allowed them. He could stop any of them. When I had my first surgery, he said, he could have said, that's all you're going to, you ain't going to have no more heart problems. He had the power to do that. But he didn't. 
So all things. So when you go through something and God brings you through, it makes you realize how in control He is. It don't mean that we like it. It don't mean that we, you know, sitting here, give it to me, Lord, I'm taking it. But He said, we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. But I know several good people. I mean, I'm talking about good people that are honest and decent and would help you. I know a man that's still mad at God because his wife has cancer. And I said, why are you mad at God? Because he could have kept her from having cancer. But have you read Romans 8, 28? Do we believe the all things or not? And that determines how strong we are, how we believe every little jot and tittle. That's why I'm against all these other perverted versions. And of, and it, and I, and me, all those little words are important. So God said, for I am persuaded, in verse 38, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He goes on and lists all of these things. He said, none of these things. God is in control of everything. If he's in control of everything, he's in control of the condition of my heart. Right on time, I was telling Steve a few minutes ago, Brenda's going to have laser surgery. Man, if I... If I wasn't such a wimp and was afraid anybody to come this close to my eyes, I would have that laser surgery 20 years early if they had it available. I mean, that's the greatest thing is that strawberry pie, and I love strawberry pie. I mean, it, it was great. I've seen things I've never seen before. Why did God wait till that time? Why did I have to spend years making notes so big that you just see them on the wall to appreciate what I got now, I tell you. The we of this verse is the Christian. Lost person can't appreciate when bad things, but bad things do happen to good people. And if you want to... Speak through the flesh, you'll never understand that. Everything in this verse speaks to Christians. Nothing in it speaks to the non-Christian. When you read Romans 8.28, try to put a lost man in there. It won't fit. We know that all things work for the work together for the good to them that do what? That love God. 
to them who are the call according to his purpose. Know who the call are? We realize it was God chose us. We didn't choose God. Amen. How could a dead man choose God? So our view of this Bible, that when we go to the book of Ephesians and we find out that God wrote my name in the book of life before he even created the world. Now tell me what I did. I said like a piece on a checkerboard, I moved it under the direction of God. It's no different than the way this world is in. This world is a selfish, caring for me and nobody else. That's why our government's in the shape it's in. They left God out of it. I'll tell you something that I hope y'all know. If you don't, you will now, if you believe me. Out of all of our senators, more than half of them are Masons. You know what Mason is? Don't be talking about Masons. Mason is a religion. I have to be Baptist. You ever been to a Mason funeral? I have. You ever seen them drink blood? I have. My father-in-law said, you need to join the Masons. We'll take care of your wife. I said, oh, how you will. You know why I say those things? I've got their minutes. Why do you think God let us start a mission over in Carlisle, give us the third floor in a building where what? Where the Masons used to meet. With all, all the records, all the books, all of those signs. I remember my father-in-law liked to pass out when I gave him the Mason handshake. How do you know that? You ain't no Mason. No, but you're going to try to make me one, aren't you? Man don't recruit lost people. God recruits lost people. The all things. Everything that happened to me going to be for my good because I'm part of that all. There's a difference between men and women, between races, between nations, between citizens, non-citizens, between those with and those are without. There's a difference. Everybody is not equal. Everybody don't understand the same. Everybody don't have the same amount of intelligence. But everybody that's saved got the same God. I'm not saying all of these differences are good or, or right, but they do exist, and, and denying that those are not. What are you gaining? They do exist, and denying that does not make them go away. I don't know what took place down here at 
west side. They had a meeting before school starts. I never seen as many cars. That parking lot was full. The field was double side. I mean, they were. You know, it's a shame that something bad has got to happen before we do anything. I'm sure in my mind, without knowing anywhere else, that some of those good parents are finding out they're teaching, even in grade school, some of this hogwash. And you know why a lot of parents don't get involved? Because they don't have nobody to take care of the kids. And if they make a stand, I'm glad that God took a stand. The biggest difference of all is the difference between Christian and non-Christian. You said you think that's the bigger than the difference of what we're facing now? Oh, let me be clear. What's going on in this nation now has nothing to do with Christ except he's permitting it. There's a difference in how Christians and non-Christians live. I was saying on the news yesterday that that the movie got out by the doll, you know. They're making millions off of the clothes and the toys. Well, you know it's all right. It's it's such make believe. This verse is only speaking of what happens to a Christian. This verse is only speaking of what happens to Christians. It is promising that God will make everything that happened to the Christian work for the Christian's good. Now, it takes faith to believe that. But that's what the Word says. Everything is working out for our good. We're sitting here wondering, when is it going to start, Lord? This verse is only speaking of what happens. Romans 8.28 is a Christian verse. It's talking to Christians. And we know. Do we know? If I know something, then... It ought to give me some comfort. I know that the stronger that I preach in these last days, the more problems I'm going to have. So I've got a a choice to make. Do I resign and say, hey, the fight isn't worth it? Or do I keep fighting?
That's why good politicians are no longer running. They said it ain't worth it. Well, I believe standing up for my Lord and Savior is worth it. So let me illustrate that by talking about heaven and talking about hell. You know, that's where we find the difference, see? See, there is a difference between men and women, between races, between nations, between citizens and non-citizens, between those with, with and those without. The biggest difference of all is the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. There's a difference in how Christians and non-Christians live. There's a difference in what will happen to a Christian and a non-Christian after life. I remember going down where Wire's funeral home is now. And Mr. Whalen, who used to have a funeral home there on the corner, that you cross over the bridge. Mr. Whalen was at the door, and a friend of mine passed away, and I came in, and Mr. Whalen said, What are you here? I said, Well, he's, he's a friend of mine, and I came to hear some good preaching. He said, You won't get it here. So I went in and, you know, was respectful and listened to him. And when I left, he said, I told you. See, these funeral directors have probably heard more preaching than about anybody. Don't know whether Mr. Whalen was saved or not. Don't know, but he knew enough to know good preaching from bad preaching. Christian is not like the non-Christian. By talking about heaven and hell, Christians go to heaven once this life is over, non-Christians go to hell. And that makes people mad. But the rich man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That early morning in July when God called Dora home, before I said to myself, she's gone, she was in heaven. The lost person goes to hell such that fast. In hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. But Romans 8.28 is a Christian verse. All things. If you're a Christian, all things. Just think. If God was to take me home tonight, 
I don't have to worry about how fast I, I walk. I don't have to worry about whether I should walk the glories of heaven. Because this old body wouldn't go nowhere except uh, over a price coffin. But I wouldn't be there. Romans 8.28, make sure all things work for the good. So in death is for my good. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's good. Let me illustrate by talking about heaven and hell. Christians go to heaven once this life is over, and non-Christians go to hell. Nothing good for the non-Christian in, in hell. Nothing. Hell is forever the judgment of sin. That's all it is. When a man kills somebody and they found him guilty, they should give him. Life in prison. Well, when that prisoner hasn't known the Lord, when he dies, he goes to hell. It's not only a life sentence, it's an eternal sentence. Hell is forever judgment of sin. That's all it is. It's a judgment for sin. Hell will not refine the sinner. Hell will not revive the sinner. Hell will not purify the sinner. Hell's purpose is not to cause the sinner to repent. But you remember what the old rich man said wanted somebody to go tell his family. Didn't care anything at all. When are we going to Take the gospel least to our families. If you don't care about the lesbian couple or, or the homosexual couple or the drunk, don't we care about our family? See, that's all hell will do. Will do is all hell is is a torment for the sinner. Look at Luke, the 16th chapter. Luke 16 and verse 23. God said, And in hell, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So, you know, I, I don't have enough fingers and toes to, to name the number of people that said, well, yeah, hell is going to be rough, but after I burn up, I won't know anything else. Lie? Somebody then told him another lie? He's never read the scripture. He's never heard it. In hell, you're going to know, you're going to see, and you're going to burn. God said in verse 24, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, 
that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Can you imagine a man that owns thousands and thousands of acres and enough houses for everybody in Harrison County and money in the bank, and and in hell he's willing to just dip your, your finger in. Just give me a little bit. Twenty-five said, and beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so the day which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Look at verse 28. He said, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Didn't think a thing about his five brothers when he was alive. I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that said, you know, when most of my family had already came into church, you know, and it was bothering him, he ain't going to go to church. But see, when you're one of God's you no longer control that decision. He works on your honor. <laughs> he works on your honor. I probably said five minutes before I asked my wife to marry me, I'm going to get married. Man, you crazy? All of these pretty women out here, why not get married? But when God messes you up, Ain't but one. When God messes you up spiritually, there isn't but one. He's the king. Let's look at a couple of verses in Revelation and we'll let's go. I I study this all night. I mean, I love it. I love it. Because I'm preaching about my future. Revelation 14, verse 10 and 11. God said, Revelation 14, verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Then in Revelation 20:10, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, and the devil that deceived them 
was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. What I've said tonight, it it don't look like a place I want to go. No future, I mean, you know, if, I don't know how many of you, if any of you ever went to the burnt, a burn, a hospital where people are in, in there that have been burned, you know, 80, 90% of their bodies, you know. You just think of, of that in hell, the heat. Burn, but the body don't burn up. The body still sees, the body still hears, the body still feels. Sounds like such a real bad story, doesn't it? And that's how most people deal with it. A God of love would never do that. Oh, yes, he would. because he gave his life. He didn't give his life to keep me out of hell. He gave his life so that I would serve him, glorify him, lift him up. And in return, hell is not for his people, but it's real. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time. Bless us, Lord, despite our weakness, despite our stubbornness.